You know what that's called? Bad dancing right there. <laughs> Bad dancing. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, we've got a game today. I know. And that, hey, wasn't last week's game unbelievable? Dude, that was amazing, insane, awesome, incredible. Hey, before we get started, though, I want to welcome all those watching online and at our south side. We love you. We care about you. And we're going to put our hands together because we love you. Let's clap for them. So glad you're here with us. So I got to let you know, uh, last service, I had someone front and center right here wearing a Bengals uh, jersey. And I had to preach through that. I've never had to excommunicate someone from the church, so it was the first time, but um, yeah, so he's, he won't be back, but uh, glad all of you are wearing proper attire. I do see a Rams um, jersey, but I'll look this way mainly and then over, so we may see you guys in the Super Bowl. Um, well, hey, we are so glad that you're with us. This is week five of our Start Fresh uh, series, and um, we are going to talk about, before we get to the game... Okay, we're going to talk about how to deal with defeat just in case. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. First service didn't say anything. They were like silent, like, he's actually going to talk on this. He's actually, no, I'm, I'm not going to talk on this. We're going to talk on rest, okay? We're going to talk on rest. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and ask him, hey, how did you rest last night? How did you rest Hey, but before I get into that, I do want to let you know about a couple of things. One of them is our Alpha class that we're starting on February uh, 1st. Yes, is this coming Tuesday at 7 p.m.? It's going to be at our South Campus. And I want to encourage you to be a part of it. It's going to really help you grow in your faith and give you those foundational tools that you need to grow in your faith. So even if you've been walking with Jesus for a while, I guarantee you, you're going to learn a lot and really grow as a person and as a Christian. And so encourage you to be a part of that. Again, you can use that QR code on the seat back in front of you. And then also, um, second class that we're offering is Living Free, and it's going to be uh, the same time on Tuesday nights at the South Campus. And it's really for those that have struggled with a life-controlling challenge issue. And um, I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Maybe you also know someone that would really benefit from this. Here's the reality. Jesus came to set us free. He wants us to live free, okay? And we've got the tools. We've got everything that we need from the Word of God. We've got the Holy Spirit. Why not do a living free class and help people get freedom and experience freedom? And here's the reality. We hear all the time testimonies of people that go through living free and experience that freedom. So that could be you. I want to encourage you to be a part of it. Again, it's starting February 1st. Uh, it's going to run for six weeks, and it's going to be our South Campus, and it's going to be Awesome. It's going to be great. Okay, hey, so we're talking about rest, all right? Turn to your neighbor again and say rest. Just say the word rest. Okay, we're talking about rest, and um, rest is probably my favorite spiritual discipline out of all of them. It's going to be straight up there. And um, recently, my wife introduced me to these salt mines things. You guys know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Why are all the ladies' hands raised right now? Okay. Um, no, I saw a dude back there. Thank you. Um, so, so she introduced. So basically, what you do is you go to these this place, and the, they've got these rooms, and it's got salt all on the ground, like ground up pink salt. And uh, you go in there, and you can make salt castles if you want while you're doing it. And it sprays um, it sprays salt into the air, and you breathe it in. And then they play like great music, and then they've got like stars on the ceiling. It's kind of cool and nice, and 
and you get to relax, and, and it's awesome. And so I go to this thing, experience, I loved it, it was really fun. And then literally that night, we were out of salt, like at the house. And I was just thinking, well, I got it in my nose right now. I can salt some fries just like that, like that right there. And so we were good. So, no, if you haven't experienced the salt mines, they are kind of fun. Um, but it's this whole idea of rest, right? It's this idea of being able to go somewhere and get some rest. So I want to do a little illustration with you this morning. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Imagine that you're going on vacation to paradise, okay? We're going to pull up some pictures up here on the screen. And um, right there, just imagine that's where you are, okay? You're just, oh, and there's the ocean. How can be you're just relaxing. No emails. No emails. There's no annoying coworkers. No irrational bosses. You left the kids at home. You start to think, I wonder if they're doing okay. No, no, no. I don't care. Yeah, don't care. You're just enjoying this. The wonderful views and beautiful ocean. Just enjoying yourself. And now for a second, just close your eyes. Just close your eyes. Just enjoy this moment. Just go on, close your eyes. You're just enjoying it and enjoying it. You're, just, you're free, so comfortable. Then all of a sudden, you start to hear this. No! It was all a dream. How many has this ever happened to you? You had a sweet dream going on, and then you wake up, and you're like, what in the world? I just want to go back to sleep right now. Here's the reality. The rest for a lot of us, true, like, good rest is just a dream. It's not a reality for us. And, you know, for, for many of us, we experience this exhaustion, and you have to wonder why. Like, why, why are we tired? Why are we worn out? Is it because maybe we're too busy? Like, we just got so much going on in our lives. And I started to do some research, and I actually found that you know, we're less busy than we've been in a long time and maybe ever. Like if you look at the stats from like the 1800s and then, you know, amount of hours worked in a week, it just starts to drop for all the major countries. And now it's just dipping below 40 hours a week. And, you know, it's because back then it was more of an agricultural economy and people worked on farms and worked a lot. And then now it's just gone lower and lower and lower. And so, you know, and we've got modern conveniences. So a lot of the things that took a long time in previous times now doesn't take near as long. And so it's not that we're actually more busy. And so what is it? Because, I mean, many of us would agree probably you feel exhausted. You feel worn out. You feel like you're really, really busy. And certainly technology probably is a huge contributor to this. You know, technology is something that's meant to make our lives easier, but yet at the same time it's also made our lives a lot harder. It's made it a lot more difficult. And so you look at you know, maybe if you've done this, I mean, how many look at your phone before you go to sleep? I mean, you get on your phone before you go to sleep. Yeah, myself included. And so you probably already know this, but like you're not supposed to do that because it messes with your melatonin production and it can cause you not to, to sleep. And I, I found that to be, to be true. They also say that, you know, if you look at your screen for a long time, it affects your cortisol hormone, which is the stress hormone. And so you have more cortisol in your system, which is, again, stressful. And then there's also been research done, and they, they found this amino acid in the brain called GABA, and what it does is it works as a neurotransmitter to reduce the activity of neurons in the brain and central nervous system, which in turn helps reduce stress, improve mood, and boost sleep. So it's saying when you have extended screen time, it actually reduces that amino acid production in our brains. 
And so certainly technology and, and even media is contributing to so much of, of why we're so active all the time. We're getting all of these messages. There's so much information happening out there, so much going on, and we're just going and we're going and we're going. And, you know, you think about, like, there's so much, again, media out there. We, um, my wife and I, at the end of last year, I asked her, I was like, hey, have you ever seen the series Lost? And she was like, no. I was like, oh, my goodness. We got to watch Lost. Have you ever remember Lost, okay? It's, it's like crack cocaine, okay? It is, is not good. Maybe you can relate to one of your, you know, favorite uh, shows or whatever. So we just started watching it, and we said, oh, we're just going to watch one. We're just going to watch one. No, you can't. How many ever, you don't just watch one. Or you say, yeah, let's just watch one more. Let's just watch one more. No, it's, it's so always a struggle. So we started watching, and we started watching more and getting into it and stuff. To the point we started dreaming about the main characters, you know, like, in my dream, you know, is, is Jack and Kay, are they really together? I mean, come on. Are they a thing? Are they not a thing? So, so anyway, we were watching all this, and then uh, the 21 days of prayer and fasting came around that Sunday. And I was like, oh, no, we're going to have to give up lost. And so sure enough, that's what Becca and I uh, did. We said we need to fast lost, okay? So what we did, we watched the, la- the very last season, the last two episodes, to see it, how it would all end kind of disappointing, um, but then we watched that, and they say, okay, all right, we're done, and you know, it was one of the best decisions we ever made, because we were able to actually have so much more time. We felt liberated. We felt like we were tied to this, this thing, but that's what technology can do, right, because we now we have more time on our hands, more discretionary time, but you know what? We don't feel as rested. We don't feel as rested. It's almost like our lives can get out of alignment, right? You know, you ever driven a car that's out of alignment, you're always constantly fighting it as you drive, and you're having to pull it one direction. Well, that's how life can feel like when you're not getting rested God's way, to where you're, you're constantly fighting against life, and it's working against you, and it can be difficult and hard. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you've been there in a season in your life, but that's what today we want to talk about. Today, we want to talk about how to have rest God's way, okay? So if you're ready, say, I am. If you believe the Chiefs are going to win, say, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, let's go have a church. My goodness. Okay, so we're going to explore how to have an aligned life, okay, because this is the the first part of this. If you're taking notes, write, write this down. The refreshment of rest can't happen until we are in right alignment with the refresher. I'll say that again. The refreshment of rest can't happen until we are in right alignment with the refresher. Okay, so we're going to look at a story that really communicates this. It's a story of two ladies, and you see two different outcomes, okay, in their interaction with Jesus. It's found in Luke chapter 10, so you can turn there in your Bibles. We'll have it on the screen for you. But Luke chapter 10, we're going to start reading it and starting in verse 38. So here it is. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. Verse 41, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details, but there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Okay, so here's, here's the story. you got two sisters, 
and Jesus comes to Martha's house, and Martha decides she's going to make a big old dinner, and then Mary says, okay, I'm going to listen to Jesus, because Jesus, of course, as soon as he gets there, he starts teaching, and Mary's like, I'm down with that. I want to listen to him, and so that's what Mary does, but Martha decides, you know what, she's going to make sure that there's a big, a big dinner. You know, she's going to make sure that it's, it's great and amazing. She's going to honor all of her, her guests. She's going to show off a little bit to her neighbors. She's going to make sure that it's done right, which is no, nothing wrong with that, until she starts to get a little stressed out, okay? She starts to act a little bit with a tude. She starts to act inappropriate, and you know what? She starts to transfer that anger onto her sister. Now she's starting to get mad at Mary because she's not helping her out. So she starts to freak out a little bit. Martha starts to not be herself because of her situation, because of her expectations. Maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you've had expectations put on yourself that maybe you put on yourself and now you're, you're stressing out, you're worried, you're wondering why people aren't helping you and all of a sudden now you're not acting yourself. All these negative emotions are coming to the surface and and now you're starting to realize that maybe this is all because of, of your own expectations. For Martha, she doesn't see it until Jesus points it out. But, but she's obviously focused on the wrong thing. She's trying to achieve something for the wrong reasons, trying to impress others the wrong way. And maybe even prove something to herself that she doesn't even need to prove. All right, turn to your neighbor right now and say, hey, it's hard to impress you. Go on, tell them, it's hard to impress you. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I accept you just as you are. <laughs> See, doesn't that feel good? So much easier, so much better. Now, here's the deal. Like, who said there had to be a big dinner? Like, who's, who's saying, like, hey, this is what's required is, you know, when Jesus comes to a village, we got to put on a big old dinner. Like, no one is saying that. You know, the only person wanting the big fancy dinner was Martha. Martha's the one that's putting the expectation on herself. She's the one doing that. And really, I think Martha can represent a lot of lives today, a lot of American lives, to where we push and we achieve and we want more and we want more and we want more. And there's nothing wrong with achievement unless it's done for the wrong reasons. And for Martha, she was doing it for the wrong reasons. There's a guy in the Old Testament that can certainly speak to all of this. His name's Solomon. He was a king, and he was extremely wealthy in his day. He was the wealthiest guy on the earth. He was most successful. And he writes this book called Ecclesiastes, and he writes it at the end of his life. And so he, he does all of this stuff in his life. He makes all of these magnificent facilities and buildings and vineyards and all this stuff, makes this great nation, and God blesses him to do that. And he, he does all that. Then he looks back at his life, and he writes the book of Ecclesiastes, and he draws some conclusions. It's interesting what he says. You just read the whole book, but this is what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 4. Then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. But this, too, is meaningless, like chasing after the wind. Even back in that day, he, he observed, he's like, what is motivating people? And what even maybe motivates myself is that I just want to be a little bit better than the person next to me. I just want a little bit more than they have. I just want a little bit better house than they have. I want a little nicer car than they have. And you know what? Again, it's not wrong to have nice things or achieve things, but when they're done for the wrong reasons, when it turns you into somebody like Martha, that's when it's not good. 
Now all of a sudden you're starting to get stressed out because to get those things, to get all that stuff, now you've got to work harder. Now you've got to have more. Now, now you're all of a sudden you're stressed and you're starting to push that on everybody else and, and now it starts to cost. And Solomon understood this. And at some point, at some point it's not worth it, right? It's not worth it. Recently, um, we got a, uh, we got a, a camper. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, it's a used one use and uh, it's a pop-up it's pop-up and um it's it's a it's a kind of a fixer-upper and um it had wood rod in it that I didn't know about you know it didn't have that and uh, so I had to replace some boards and um it's really cool so whenever we get to like um campsites late at night um then it, it makes a lot of noise and it goes it makes a noise kind of like Meh! similar to that but a little more annoying um, and it lets everyone know that we're there with our ugly pop-up camper. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, the other night, I couldn't sleep, and I was just thinking. I was kind of like a little embarrassed about my camper. And uh, I started thinking, what if we got a new camper, like a brand new one, you know, with a hard side to keep the bears out, you know, and with a toilet in it where I can close the door and do my business without anyone noticing you know, I, what about one with a heater where you can push the button and it gets warmer without a plug-in heater that we have? You know, it's really awesome. And where, where the heat just goes outside anyway because it's a pop-up camper. <laughs> so I was thinking about this, um, that what it would take then to get this because I, I started thinking, and I, I was like, there's also someone in the church that has a, has a camper and it's kind of amazing. And I started thinking about, I started envying my neighbor right there. And it's like Solomon knew what I was doing. And, and I was thinking, man, it'd be great to have this. But then I started thinking, what would it take to have a camper? Like, what would it take to get a new camper? I was like, for me, like, I'd have to get another job. Just have to go ahead and just go ahead and get another job to get that camper, pay for that payment. Then we'd have to have somewhere to store it because it would not fit in our garage. Like, our pop-up fits in our garage um, because it popped down when it goes in the garage. But you know, the other ones don't pop down. So, so I'd have to store it somewhere. So I have to pay for that. I thought, man, what would I need to do? So I have to get a job and then I'd have to cut some expenses, probably not buy the fancy foods I like for the Chiefs games. In fact, I probably miss the Chiefs games because, because I'd be working. And then I would probably fall into a depression, a deep one, because I wouldn't be able to see the Chiefs games. And then we would probably have to sell our three dogs and one of them I wouldn't mind selling. <laughs> Two of them I would want to keep. <laughs> so um, you guys ever seen the, uh, the cable commercial where it was like, don't, don't buy cable because like the guy buys cable and then like his life, all, a bunch of bad things happen. And then eventually like his life ends up in a gutter and then it's like, don't buy cable. Do you guys watch TV or is it a thing for you? <laughs> do you do that? Okay, well, it's really funny. And, and that's kind of what, what happened to, you know, my life. And at some point, it's not worth it. Now, in your situation, maybe you're a millionaire and you can do it, you know, okay, great. But any, God's not against new camper. He's not against, you know, nice stuff. He's not against that stuff. But if getting that stuff turns you into a Martha and now your family doesn't like who you are, then that stuff's not worth it. And it's all because you're not rested. It's all because you just say, we, all, we make decisions of expectations on our lives that we want all this stuff because we're envying our neighbors, but really we just stressed out our lives. 
and that there's no reason for that. We should, what if we built our lives in such a way to where we don't need all of that stuff or we just live within our means and we're not stressed and we're a pleasant person. We're a nice person. I mean, that's what this is all about. And the reality is we can't get to true rest until we deal with that, until we deal with our own expectations of ourselves and the stuff that we're putting on our lives that God never called us. He didn't, he didn't call Martha to have this big, big old dinner. You know, she's all stressed out. But let's look at, let's look at Mary for a second. She's just enjoying life. She's just having, having a good old time. Look at verse 39. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. She's just chilling. She's relaxing. She's not running. She's not stressing out. She's just, her focus is on Jesus. That is the priority. And look what Jesus says. Jesus defends Mary to Martha. Verse 42. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus defends Mary's commitment to prioritize her life. She's not filling it with unrealistic expectations. She's filling it with Jesus. She's aligned her life with Jesus. And man, an aligned life with Jesus makes all the difference in the world. So let's play this out a little bit different. What if Martha had seen when Jesus came in and he, he does what he normally does. He starts teaching and Mary's like, okay, I want to I wanna learn. And so they, so they sit down in the living room and he's just teaching everybody. And, and Martha looks over and says, you know, I want I to learn from Jesus. And she tells the crew that's working with her, she says, you know what we're going to do? We're going to DoorDash tonight, okay? That's what we're going to do. Everybody's getting Chipotle. Text me your orders. You know, we'll get Izzy's for everybody, okay? So we're going to have... She's having a great time, and she goes back in the living room, and she says, hey, Jesus, I hope this is okay, but I went ahead and just ordered Chipotle. Don't worry. We won't get any pork for you. We'll make sure it's all, all good, and, and we're going to have a great, great dinner. I hope that's okay. You know what Jesus would have probably said? Cool. Yeah. That's probably what he would have said. Like, okay, great. You know, that, that's awesome. You got your priorities right. This is something to remember. Here's the whole point of all of this. A priority on the refresher precedes refreshment. A priority on the refresher, the refresher being Jesus, precedes refreshment. If you're needing rest, you've got to make sure that you get alignment with Jesus. And not until you do that can you experience real refreshment, real rest. You know, and really this story is the the story of two paths that a, a person can take in their life, one filled with Jesus or one filled with striving. And this is this is so powerful because here I know in my own life that when I'm, I'm centered on Jesus, I'm actually the most productive. That's actually when I do the most. That's when I'm actually the most fruitful. That's why it says in John 15, 5, it says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So when we stay connected to Jesus, that's when we become fruitful. That's when the things that we focus on, the right things. Now, we can produce a lot of stuff apart from Jesus, but not anything that matters, not anything that lasts. You know what? My relationships in my life are best whenever I'm connected to Jesus. My, my relationship with my spouse is best whenever I'm connected to Jesus. Everything in my life is so much better whenever I'm connected with Jesus, including being able to experience Rest. That's why it's so important to be connected to the refresher. It's a big deal so that we're not so focused on the big din the dinner or keeping up with the Joneses or making a little bit more money or trying to get what the other family has. We're focused on the right things, the things that truly matter. And when we do that, 
That's when we're fruitful and we get, we get to experience God's rest. Okay, so here's what I want to do with the remainder of our time. I want to give you three things from the Bible, just practical things from the Bible that will help you rest, okay? That will help you rest. It's going to um, encourage you and strengthen you. So here we go. I'm going to list them all, all three of them to you here at the beginning. This is uh, what they are. God's built-in rest is available. Okay, number two, trusting in the Lord brings rest. And number three, there's a final rest coming. So again, number one, God's built-in rest is available. Trusting in the Lord brings rest. And the last one, there's a final rest coming. All right, turn to your neighbor right now and say, Hey, don't think about the Chiefs game. He's still preaching. <laughs> We're not there quite yet, guys. We're not there quite yet. Okay, this first one, God's built-in rest is available. All right, from the very beginning, from the very start, Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, this is what it says, On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. Okay, so he built in, right from the beginning, there to be rest. And if you try to work against it, it's like working against gravity, all right? It's, it's built in to the creation. It's built into the system. You're gonna be working against yourself. You're gonna be working against the way things are, are made. And the reality is it's better to go with the flow of the way things are made rather than against it because that's how we were created. And so this is what it says in um, Exodus chapter 20 because it's a part of the Ten Commandments, all right? So this Sabbath idea is so important that it's a part of the Ten Commandments. This is what it says, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. All right, that, that phrase there, keeping it holy there at the end, is the Hebrew word kadesh, which just simply means set apart. So in other words, your, the six days should live, look different than the seventh day. Okay, all your other days where you work and you hustle and bustle and you do all this other stuff should look different than the Sabbath day. It should be set apart. It should look different than all of the rest of the days. And in fact, he expounds on it in Exodus chapter 20 when he talks about this commandment. We just read one part of that, that verse. I'll read all of it to you. It says this, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. And on that day, no one in your household may do any work, which includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, and the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So this is listed with the same, you know, the, the same commandments as like don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal. I mean, this, it's a pretty big deal that we observe this one. But I think sometimes in our society, we can be like, meh. You know, or even as Christians, be like, oh, it's, yeah, it's not really one of the big ones. But it truly is. It's one of the ten that we are to rest, one in seven. That is what God commands us to do, to take a break. And, man, that sounds like really great news. Like, if he's going to ask us to do anything, and he says, hey, I want you to slow down and stop and rest for a while. Be like, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> Be like different if he was asking me, like, hey, I want you to give all your money away. Like, ah, oh, man, come on, are you sure, God? Like, can we do, can, what about the rest thing, you know? So, like, it's, it's awesome that he's asking us to rest. I mean, that's, that's what's amazing. And that's what God wants us to do, one in seven. You know, I started doing this, I'm kind of sad to say it, just really taking this serious about eight months ago and saying, you know, I've always had a day off and 
um, you know, but I would do like then home projects on that day. So then I would go home and I would work on the basement or something and smash my fingers and yell and, you know, get mad at myself or like, I'm, not, I'm a pastor, I'm not a carpenter, but I'm, set, I'm doing this all, I'm a Martha, okay, that's what happened, I'm a Martha. I set the expectations on myself and then I would be totally worn out and then guess what? I gotta start it all over again. Now I gotta go back to work. And so about eight months ago, I said, no, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna actually do a Sabbath where the emails are gonna wait, the, all the, the text messages are gonna wait, they could just wait. And, you know, it's been incredible. Like, I actually feel so much. I didn't think it would make as big of a difference as it's made. But it's been so incredible. And, you know, what? here's what, something that's really shot to my ego is that the world keeps running without me. You know? Shocking, right? <laughs> that the world actually runs without any of us. <laughs> and, and we go, each go to sleep for eight hours, hopefully a night. And, and the world, you know, is still there when we wake up. And that's the reality is that if we just take time to rest, man, it makes all the difference in our lives. It makes a huge, huge difference. It's not, certainly not meant to be something legalistic like the Pharisees turned it into, to where they would use God's commandments as almost mallets to beat people over the head with. Okay, so there are exceptions. If something comes up on, you know, my day off, like I, if it's an urgent, I'll, I'll address it or whatever. And, but this is the heart behind it. Mark chapter 2, verse 27. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. And some people would get that mixed up to where they would, they would so obey the Sabbath that everything was so important, they end up missing the whole point and ended up being more stressful than it was a help. The reality is it's supposed to be a blessing, not a burden. It's supposed to be a help to us, not something that is a burden to us. All right, number two, trusting in the Lord brings rest. All right, trusting in the Lord brings rest. All right, Psalm 127.2 says, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. All right, the psalmist is saying simply here, hey, listen, you gotta know when to stop. Like, you gotta know when to just trust the Lord and just trust and know everything's gonna be okay. Like, I know cheese and milk is getting more expensive every time you go to the grocery store. <laughs> all right? How many can relate to that right now? I mean, it's, it's all going up. But, but you know what? God is in control. Like, we don't need to freak out. We, he, we are his loved ones. We can trust in him. This is what uh, Proverbs 23, 4 says. For someone that's wanting to gain more wealth, that's a workaholic. It says, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. This is Solomon saying that. Again, this guy was super wealthy and rich. And he's like, listen, if, it, if it's going to wear you out to get rich, it's not worth it. Don't work so hard. You know what? Sometimes you just need to quit and say, it's time to go home. Go home to the family. Time to get rest. Time to be with them. And then it's, your work will be there when you get back. It's going to be okay. God's going to take care of you. And there has to be a measure of trust. At some point, we have to start trusting has to fill the gap of our anxiety and our worry to where we feel like we've got to work ourselves to death. The reality is God will fill that gap if we just let him instead of us filling the gap with anxiety, worrying, working so hard. This is why uh, Matthew chapter 6 verses 31, 32 says, so don't worry about all these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Okay, those that don't trust the Lord those that don't have a faith in God. 
But we're not those people. We're the people that trust God. That's who he's addressing. We're the ones that, that have faith in God. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Here's what I want to assure you with today. God has got you. We can relax. We can trust. God has got you. You can write this down. In order to rest well, we have to trust well. In order to rest well, we have to trust well. And here's why. Because when we trust, we're letting go of control. We're letting go of the results. We're letting go of the expectations. We're saying, okay, I'm, I've got to push that away because I can't rest unless I, unless I release that control. But as all of a sudden when you release the control, you release all the expectations, now you can sit back and you can trust. And why not trust the, the, someone who is so powerful, so amazing, and is crazy about you, loves you, cares about you, if you just trust him, can't he take care of it? Like, whatever you're worried about, whatever's stressing you out, whatever you feel like you got to control, if you release that to God, all of a sudden you can sit back and say, okay, I can trust you. Trusting releases the ability to rest. All right, Psalm 91.1 says this, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I love the language around this. It's just so, it's like a word picture that takes the abstract idea of our relationship with God and the faith that we have in him. It puts, it puts a picture to it. it. It's that you and I get to be in the shelter. It's like a physical place. If there's a storm or something going on outside, if, if all that's raging, you, you certainly can't rest out there. You would have anxiety, you'd be upset. But if you're in the shelter of God Almighty, then there could be a storm outside, but you are safe inside. You know what? You could sleep just nice and fine. All the stuff can be going crazy outside, but you know what? You're going to be all right because you're close to the Savior. You're close to God who wants to help you and work in your life. You can have the rest because here's the reality. God is for you. He's with you. He's in you, and he is going to help you so you can relax. I'm here to tell you, you can rest. Some of you are struggling with anxiety, and right there, that's what you need. You can't ever rest because you're worried about everything because you won't release control. And you just need to simply trust. It's not an anxiety issue. It's a trust issue. That if you'll trust the Lord, if you truly trust him, that he's got the whole world in his hands. That's what we learned when we were kids. Okay, he's got it all figured out. Then we simply need to trust that reality. And then you know what you're going to experience? You'll experience God's peace if you truly embrace it. And you'll experience true rest. That's what God wants for you. All right, this final one. There's a final rest coming. There's a final rest coming. Hebrews uh, 4, verses 9 and 10 says this. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all, all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. You know, if, even if we do all of this um, resting stuff perfect, which we won't, we still live in an imperfect world with imperfect people, including all of us. And there's gonna be days that you're gonna be stressed. There's gonna be times and seasons when you're worn out, when you're exhausted. It's just gonna happen. We live in the world that we live in. But what's really cool as a Christian is that we have the hope that one day we're gonna be with the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, and we're gonna rest with Him. That's the hope that we have. And you know what's not gonna go off? is some annoying alarm. <laughs> it's not gonna wake you up. 
Now you get to be with the Lord forever. That's the hope that we have. I want to leave you with this, um, this verse that is one maybe you're familiar with, but it's, it's really encouraging, and it's something I, I would encourage you to hold on to and to think about as you think about rest and as you explore this whole idea of, of really taking time to, to step away from the rest of life and just breathe for a little bit before you get back into the, the madness. But to think upon these, these words, this is in Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 28 through 30. It says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus wants to give each of us rest. He wants us to experience his freedom. And not just, you know, the time, because again, we've got more time, but it, the time that we do rest, to be restful, to be spent in him with a life that's aligned and focused on him. And I just want to challenge you today that, that maybe the thing in your life that is causing the anxiety and the frustration and all that is because you're, it's like you're, your life is not aligned and you're just fighting against it. And God would take a moment to say, he wants you just to simply align with him and to trust in him, put your hope in him. You can do that today and God can give you the peace that you're looking for. Would you take a moment, would you pray with me? Lord, we just love you. We thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for the opportunity just to be in this place, to worship you, honor you, to learn from your word and to, to learn what it means to rest. And I pray that you would help each one of us to, to do that, that you would help us to be experiencing your rest. No one looking around, just real quickly, I want to pray for anyone that you're saying, you just need just a boost of God's rest. You know, maybe it's not literal rest. Maybe it's just a rest for your soul, something maybe you're dealing with. And no one looking around, just take a moment to, to pray for you. Would you just slip up your hand? God's going to see your hand. Yeah, lots of hands. That's awesome. Lord, I pray for every single hand that's raised. Lord, that you would just be with every person, that you would show them that you can give them peace and rest that they're looking for, the strength that they need. God, give them the courage. Let that last scripture be such an encouragement to them. Guys, they go into this week, may it be different. May there, there be this sense of trust in you, this hope in you. And, and whatever they're facing, Lord, I pray that you'd show them that you've got it, that you're going to take care of it, and that you can be trusted. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, would you stand with me? We're going to close our, our time worship here, but I just want to encourage all of us before we go to the game and watch, watch the Chiefs win. Um, I, I just want us to take a moment just to, to bask in God's presence and his rest and just be close to him. Would you just take a moment to extend and stretch your faith? Would you raise your hands all over this place? Let's, let's do that right now. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness and help us to grow in our faith and our trust in you, that we would in every way put you first, that our lives would be aligned, honoring you, bringing you praise. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.